1: Recorded live. I'm Mara Chawasik.
2: I'm Wayne Gladstone. And this
1: is Sticks and Stones.
2: So where words can never hurt you.
1: Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, We have a wonderful guest tonight, uh, as well as being a writer and co-host of the Breakfast Quest podcast. Our guest is a musician in the electro-pop band, The Qualia, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. Lars Castine. Am I pronouncing The Qualia correctly?
0: You, so far, I think you've pronounced everything correctly, uh, <laughs> That's good, 100%. Good. Yeah.
1: I, I will hope that you'll uh, let me know, should I mispronounce anything? And certainly not just in relation to you, but just any word that uh, I might say wrong. Um, I usually say about 10 or 15 words wrong per night, but I'm very tired. And on top of that, for some reason, I just poured myself a glass of wine. So I'm aiming for like 25 or 30. So you know. I, I'm
0: super excited to, to, to keep up on this game.
2: That's very <laughs> excited. <laughs> Good. Oh, Is right. this our first list. game? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nothing
1: but games the whole the whole way through. <laughs> um so before we even get going though, I just wanted to pause for a moment and congratulate my co host, Wayne, who finished his third novel last night. I mean, really not even twenty four hours ago uh which uh i guess will be coming out in the fall now but congratulations on finally finally finishing that that's a huge accomplishment so
2: you. it was uh due uh two extensions it was due march 1st and i turned it in at 10:37 p.m. <laughs> on march 1st so, well, that's uh, actually
1: earlier than I think I ever handed anything in that I had to really I mean you had like a full ninety minutes there that you could have still right. going,
2: well I did I did spell check it, rewrite the last part that I wrote and then send it again at eleven fifty five. So uh <laughs> so that's the case. But I don't want to take any more time on me. Let's talk more about what Lars thinks of me.
0: Lars Wayne <laughs> Wayne, I think you're great. Uh you know, Oscar Wilde once said that books are never finished. They're merely abandoned. And so I congratulate you on abandoning your book within these last 24 hours.
2: You know, Tiffany Salinger once said that uh, novels grow in the dark. Mara, do you have a book quote? <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: uh uh Yeah, you know, I'm, and I should just, just be able to just come up with something that I would make up that sounded like a book quote right now, but uh, did I mention the wine and the exhaustion? So no would be my answer. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. But those two oh, are I great, wanna, guys.
2: I want to jump into the Lars Castine story, and usually Mara does the first, uh, the first question, but I'm going to shake things up, uh, and I'm going to do that, which is um, we ask people, you know, what's the earliest they remember doing, doing their art, and uh, art, broadly, whether we talk to actors or writers or singers, or musicians. And you said that when you were a kid, your music teacher would have you sing for the class?
0: Yeah, this is not something that I totally remember. This is like when I was in college, a friend of mine from elementary school uh, mm-hmm. accused me of, like, hijacking the, the our music class in elementary school and, like, <laughs> claiming more attention for myself than was due by... Forcing the music teacher to stand me up and, and let me sing, which I don't remember any part of, so Oh
2: you don't remember any
0: I'm, of it? No, but I that he held uh, on to that
1: for like ten years
0: that he was just oh, like, yeah, yeah. fuming until he
1: finally got the chance to be like that was my time. I had a music question, had my hand up the whole class, nothing. You were wow. just Well, I
2: was really interested in that story, so could you like call him up and patch
0: him in, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, the, the, the part of it that stands out, that, that story that stands out for me is, like, uh, mainly a feeling of shame that, that that's, like, a thing that would have happened, but it's something Why? that's totally plausible. Like, I, I, I do love singing, and I've always loved singing, so I believe that that's something that I would have done. Um, yeah, but so if your teacher made you, though. Oh, but it would have taken so little to, to force me to do that. Like, oh,
2: I, I <laughs> that, like... Did anyone sing me,
0: me, 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 me? And yeah. Like,
2: when a large bell test. So, what kind of stuff are we talking about? Like, what kind of like, what kind of songs?
0: I don't yeah, know. History, I but like,
2: like, like a signed songs that the whole class was going to sing, but you were going to sing it first to show people how to do it.
0: Yeah, I think that's basically what it was. Wow. Yeah.
2: Wow. You know, that's the weird yeah. thing too. Because, you know, singing is not like other. You know, usually everyone knows how to do it. They just don't do it as well because <laughs> they get the concept. They don't really need a demo of it. Can <laughs> like, yeah, you remind us how
1: you open your mouth and, you know, breathe out and all of those things instead of just choking on air randomly? Yeah, that makes yeah. sense.
0: I don't mm. know what anybody was meant to get out of it. I don't know what my teacher got out of it. I don't think I got much out of it. I don't know what my classmates got out of it. The you important know, thing is that you just...
1: took that memory and buried it somewhere deep down dark where you didn't ever have to be troubled
0: by it again. Oh yeah, that and that's something that I'm excellent at. I like barely remember anything. So <laughs> let me
2: let me um let me ask you a question which I might be making more of an I might be reading a little bit between the lines uh of your answers. But um when I mean, you have a full time job that like my full time job we're not gonna talk about, but we also spend a lot of time um, you know, doing our artistic endeavors. And your concept, am I right in reading your responses that you're basically the concept of I'm like a full time musician, not necessarily a rock star. You know, I say rock star, but that could be any kind of person with a career in music, popular music. Your concept That's of that as a child doesn't really exist today. I mean in the sense that People, when you were, you and I were kids, I mean, I'm older than you, but still when you were a kid, like releasing an album was similar to like releasing a movie, releasing a book, you know, they were, they were periodic works of art that came out. You could be like an auteur right. and yes, you know, the, the album, not that it's dead, not that people don't make albums, but that, that kind of artistic expression is more limited and that business model is much more limited. So like kind of what you grew up aspiring to be almost doesn't even exist anymore in the same way is that. Fair, or is that putting words in your
0: mouth? Uh, I think that's pretty fair. I think I think to do that and to make a living uh, has always been close to impossible. I think that the idea of like I'm going to write and perform, you know, pop songs or rock songs or you know, country, whatever, whatever it is that you're going to do, to do that and to expect to make a living from it, I think is has always been a long shot. But yeah, I think I think that that used to be something that was moderately attainable or somewhat like in a far-fetched way I think that that was something that was attainable, but now I think it's it's weird because it's much easier to make music and it's much easier right. to record and to release music. Right. So it's like the if you're relying on the mystique of like the singular artistic statement and the the album as, like, a, a, a big deal that should have some sort of cultural weight behind it, like, that thing is gone. That thing is done. Yeah,
2: right, right, right. But, but you know, um, I think, if I'm not... What, not that you don't... You guys... It's, it's really the crafting of music, right, that drew you to it, the creating of music, the studio time. I mean, not that you don't enjoy performing your music. I know that you would get up and sing it in front of a class and drop the hat. But, oh yeah, yeah. But it's not like you want to be like in some sort of jam band and tour America like for the next five years of your life. That's not a goal within the end. You wouldn't even be happy doing that, would you?
0: Uh, probably not. No, I'm like I I really care about my family and my friends and like the things that I do day to day that I work really hard to try to support are are things that are like my my goal is to have a lifestyle that like lets me. You know, have meaningful, stable relationships, and still like make music, and still write songs, and those. Well, what is? What's the difference yeah. between you as a writer and a performer? Like, what do you, do you?
2: Is that what gets Is the writing and the creating and the time in the studio what excites you most about making
0: music? Uh, yeah, I think that that's I think that that's reasonable. I I think that what I care most about is, is pushing things forward. Like, writing is, is really exciting because you get to find new, you know, new things to say, new ways, new, new sounds that you can make, new melodies that you can put together, and you can find everything else that supports those things, and you can make something distinctive that's new uh, that people can connect to whereas performing is is more about feeling the energy of of like a a room full of people and 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 channeling that and making something beautiful out of that and I think that that's great too but but that's not something that I can do day in day out my day in right. day out involvement with creative work is more about like knowing what my limitations are Finding them and then pushing them forward in ways that can make the next day's work something else better than or different from or more true to what it is I'm going through than the right. things that I had done right
2: well
0: you know well,
1: I was going to completely just jump back because you know we usually do kind of go sort of a bit chronologically and we've sort of moved on ahead, but I just wanted to ask um going back to when you were young and interested in music and singing for your class who what musicians were inspiring you? what were you listening to? what made you go? Yeah, no, this is what I want to do
0: right um my brother was is really influential on me he uh he is actually my half brother he's ten years older than I am, and uh basically when I was something like five or so, I was living in Connecticut and he moved to uh to Connecticut from where his mother was living in Virginia. And uh he brought with him all kinds of like mid 80s cool alt rock stuff. Like he was bringing in, or not just alt rock, but he was bringing in like Smiths records, U2 records, R.E.M. records. Um The church? What's that? The church? I don't not think he went to the church. I don't No, he was like a the church aren't they like a little? They're a little darker than than that, aren't they? Yeah,
2: a little. Well, you know, 1986 was their biggest album with Under the Milky Way, and uh, oh yeah, uh,
0: right, right, right.
2: No, so um, they're they're kind of in there. They're Australian. An, that was the point.
0: Yeah, he had no Aussie Your half brother policy. was a
2: huge Australian racist, right? Really hates the Australians. No men at work in that list. Uh, no stranglers in that list. We should probably get to the bottom
0: of that. His contempt for the Australian Should we, get him, we can get him on the phone. We can figure out what <laughs> why <laughs> he wasn't listening to the Stranglers. Um,
2: I mean, there could only be so many reasons outside of the contempt for the entire nation of Australia. All
0: right, go ahead. So yeah, you, he was
2: a huge influence, and he was yeah. So, you so,
0: so like basically, he dropped into like my life as a younger kid, and um, just sort of loaded onto me his like mid-teenage taste in music Uh and you know that was like a it was a really uh, profound I think moment for me where I'd always I think I think I've always been a musical person like I think from the very like my youngest days I think I've always enjoyed like if my parents were playing classical music like I would sing along with the music that they were playing and I would I could like just very innately I think connect to the like rising tension and the way that melodies worked and that kind of thing. Um, and then when my brother moved to live with us, I think that that got coupled with a, uh, like a a sense of, of something that was really cool and something that felt like effortless and authentic and vibrant and, uh, and something you could, like, really fall into and believe in. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I just, like, always loved, like, loved, loved, loved listening to music. And um, eventually he started playing guitar, and I learned the beginnings of playing guitar from him, and that was sort of the beginning of that. How, uh, it's funny,
2: I I have a brother 10 years older. I have two brothers, 7 and 10 years older than me, but uh, to turn me on, my old, my 10-year-old brother, my my brother, 10 years older than I, turned me on to a whole bunch of music. And my brother, 7 years older than I, taught me how to play guitar. So uh, aside from the fact that my brothers don't have a weird pathological hatred for Australians, the story really resonated with me in a very
0: similar way. I, you I, don't, I, your, your brothers may be harboring an anti-Australian agenda. They, they just haven't felt comfortable talking or to
2: Or some it. other but country. You know, I mean, I, I I it may not be Australia, but... My 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 you know, I think my brother Doug has no Australian music and I think my brother Cliff is probably limited to uh he does have a stranglers album. <laughs> the one with There's Always the Sun. The whatever album that one is. That was their biggest one in America. No Midnight Oil in my family. How about you? Your brother probably hates
0: Midnight Oil. <laughs> um, I don't know if he does. Uh I think Midnight Oil is great though. Like I at a certain point, I think he his taste in music radically changed. He became like super bluegrass guy at a certain point. Really? Yeah, when he was in his like early twenties, um, he uh, let's just talk about my brother for a while. He uh, he graduated <laughs> from like a writing pro- program and immediately started doing woodworking in Virginia and uh, also well, fell he got no into, choice, into bluegrass. Then.
1: Yeah, no, the bluegrass was inevitable. I mean, yeah. the writers program and then woodworking, like that. There,
0: he literally
1: yeah. was not permitted to listen to anything but that. that, that was it. Yeah. You feel that. Really, way.
2: you really. Once you get those first two points, you could probably fill in a lot of black, like, a lot There's, of predictions.
1: Yeah, yeah. and yeah. he's a registered uh, he's that independent. That
2: he's a registered independent. He uh, <laughs> <laughs> he brings his own bag when he goes shopping. What else can we, yeah. can we get?
0: Yeah. yeah, he keeps a handkerchief tied to the end of a stick. <laughs> yeah. Practical, and, and really? He, he, like, deeply, deeply fell out of those, like, sort of 80s cool, you know, alt radio things. I've, like I ki- kind of followed him a little bit, where if I hear The Cure, I'm like, I will change, I will throw a rock at the radio. I, like, don't want to hear The Cure, basically, ever.
1: You could just turn um, the radio off. I mean, just. So, you know,
0: I, I just... Wait a, minute, wait a
1: minute,
2: wait a minute, wait a minute.
1: I, I didn't, want to, didn't want to blow your world there, but uh, know, yeah, that's, like, that's another option.
2: <laughs> you know, if I hear the cure, I just want to find the closest Australian and just beat them to death. Oh, wait. <laughs>
1: that's just a normal reaction, I just, really. Wait minute, you know
2: what? I, uh, I think, we, I, before we leave this topic, I don't know if this has happened to you. So because my older brothers were so instrumental into turning me on to, like, Beatles, Floyd, Bowie. Like, in my first taste, of I found very few things on my own unless they came out, my hair, everything that was earlier than I i was already exposed to. But right. uh, did you ever, like, find something that you loved and then go to your brother and be like, why the hell didn't you tell me about this? I could have been enjoying this for the last 10 years. Has that ever happened to you?
0: If it, if it did happen, it maybe would have happened with David Bowie, which he's not a big fan of. Um, um he uh he is he's able to be effortlessly dismissive of things that he doesn't think matter or are worth paying attention to. So if I had totally. done something like that, I feel like I immediately would have been overcome with some sort of self loathing and would have had to abandon the conversation.
2: You know, it's funny. I think I figured out what his Bowie hatred is because Bowie broke big in 83 with Let's Dance.
0: filmed me in Australia. It all
2: comes full circle.
0: I need to oh, confront my brother about this. This is a really ugly side of my family that I feel really like. Really
2: ugly that. side. Really ugly. But I think it's time for our first game. Am I right, Mara? Is it time for our first game? It can definitely be
1: time for our first game. In fact, we we were talking so much we even passed our normal time for our first game. So here we go. We're going to do our first game. So Lars, this is it's very very easy. Um, No problem. You're gonna nail it. (laughs) Um, This game is called Stick, Stone or Story, and I'm going to read three related anecdotes. One of them is about myself. I'm March Wastick. That's One is going to be about Wayne. That is Wayne Gladstone. And one is about a celebrity, any celebrity, somewhere in the world. And that is the story. They are all true. After I've read all three, it will be up to you to guess which one is about whom. Pretty easy, right?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is going to be no problem.
1: No problem. It's going to be super easy. All right. Here we go. Uh, Wayne, do you you want to do your... uh, your announcer voice on oh, the Oh my like God! Yeah, we,
2: we really, we really fell out of this. been a long time. You know, Come I have to safe. say we are getting back into the swing now. Like in the last month, when I was cramming for the for the novel, I was absent a lot, and then I had business trips, and we really got out of practice, and we're rusty. And uh, Joe Berkowitz paid the price for us sucking so bad at doing a podcast. We're ha- last week we're halfway out of the woods now, and it used to go like clockwork because I didn't. Can I slow us down? Can I slow us down for
0: one more one more second? yeah yeah um Wayne, I think it's so great that you finished your book in the last day. I think that's really exciting. like I, I want to say that, like like here's the thing, is like the podcast producer in me, like, here's the way that we flew through that, and it makes me uncomfortable. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm being totally serious. Like, no, you're not. I'm being I, totally sarcastic and shitty, and I deserve it. But it's no, it's no, no, funny. no. I, I just think I'm just imagining. I'm imagining your listeners. They've like <laughs> they've heard. They know that you're working on. It. They know that this is a thing that's a long time coming, and this is like the end of of this journey. I think that's really exciting, and I and I, 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 I think we should hang a little bit more of a lantern on it if we can. <laughs> That lantern
1: has been lit and hung, I would say. Okay. Absolutely. Um, now Absolutely. is the
2: point in the show where I say, it's time to play a stick stone story.
1: All right, here we go. Three stories, the first of which. This person had a lot of pets as a child, from hermit crabs to gerbils to rabbits to kittens and dogs. While some of the pets had different names, this person would use one name over and over this person would use the name Snickers. But every time that this person named a pet Snickers, the pet would soon after die. And eventually this person decided that the name was cursed and stopped using it. That's the first. The second. As a child, this person collected snakes and lizards, which other people found to be an unusual pet choice. This person's favorite snake was named Harry Dean Stanton, And their favorite lizard was a monitor named Vladimir. And the third, this person wanted a pet dog as a child until their older brother told them that dogs shit and you have to pick it up. So instead, this person got a parakeet named Chuckles. Those are your three stories all about childhood pets. And now it is up to you to determine whose is what.
0: I feel as though I only heard two stories.
1: Oh, okay. Well, we oh, got... the third
0: story.
2: The third story was about a dog who wrote its novel last night. That was um. <laughs> we had yeah.
1: we we had the person with various animals and who's had a cursed name that they yes. stopped using. The Got person it. who collected snakes and lizards, including a snake Harry Dean Stanton, and the person yep. who wanted a dog until oh. they were told that they had to pick up the dog shit.
0: Okay. Okay. I gotcha. I'm sorry. I thought that the person who wanted to get the dog was the same person who had the snakes and the lizards and the lizard named Harry Dean Stanton.
1: I see. Nope. Different different people. Different people. I've,
0: wouldn't that have been a twist though? It would have. It would have been oh, much better. But
1: unfortunately, you know, we're stuck with what we have. We, we only have reality. We're not we're okay. creating a fiction here.
0: Okay, so the strongest detail that I have to work with is this Harry Dean Stanton uh, detail. That's, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. that's the most dynamic of the, like, proper nouns that I have to work with. Because, like, Snickers, there's no way for me to really draw conclusions based on that. Um, I can also draw conclusions based on the idea that somebody was, like freaked out about wanting to pick up shit. So, I can eliminate the dog story from being a celebrity, I think. And I can eliminate the... I think... Hmm, I think I have to pick the Harry Dean Stanton story as one of the two of you. So I think that that means that the Snickers story is the celebrity. Mm-hmm. Harry Dean Stanton, based on what I... So I know more about Wayne that I know about you Mora, and I don't get a strong Harry Dean Stanton vibe from Wayne so I'm imagining that that's you so this is okay. here, here here's my final answer I am going to say that the uh, snakes and lizards a lizard named Harry Dean Stanton is Mora the person that didn't want that wanted to get the dog but was told that they also I know that Wayne has older brothers so that's that's part of that the the dog who didn't want to pick up uh didn't want to pick up dog shit I think is Wayne. And then I think the lots of animals named Snickers is the celebrity.
1: Okay. Those are excellent, excellent guesses. You got one out of you right?
0: No.
2: Which I've is not,
1: Oh. Yeah. Which is not which is not bad. Which is not bad. There have been guests who have gotten none. Many uh, guests. Uh you got you got one right, even despite the fact that uh, I screwed it up. <laughs> but you were correct. That uh, Wayne is the one with the uh, who wanted the dog and then did not. Um, but his I, I misnamed the parakeet <laughs> apparently because I can't hear it over the phone. The parakeet was truffles,
2: Wayne. Yeah, the parakeet was truffles, not chuckles, and also <laughs> totally totally not related to the story. It was like I know, it wasn't? Bar. But all the
1: others had a pet name, you know. I couldn't just leave it at like. Yeah. So you gave me a pet's name. I thought I'd put it in. <laughs> I, I, you know a slight creative license really just in the putting it all together those are two true facts uh-huh. okay so you got uh,
2: that right but you know there is a chance to get a bonus question because even though you got it wrong mm. so, wait, so, so wait Mara you're the cursed,
1: I'm the one with the cursed pets I, I would name the pet Snickers and then they all died um, so don't name if anyone's listening and they have a pet and they think Snickers is a cute name for it don't do it that will kill your pet stop right now choose another name
2: so the oh, wait, wait, celebrity. Wait, wait give, wait, give, give, give Lars the chance for the bonus point.
1: I was about to. So the celebrity is mm. the uh, the individual who collected lizards and named the snake Harry Dean Stanton and the lizard Vladimir. Now it can be anyone uh, in the entire world. Uh, it is a famous person. It's okay. someone, you know, I was able to Google, so that's, that tells you that, <laughs> do that uh, much, but I, other than that, I, I, there's nothing that you can guess.
2: Lars, I get to play this part, too, because I don't know who the celebrity is. Oh, oh, okay. So, so uh, uh, also I get to do this because I finished my novel last night, so I get to do whatever mm. I want. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess the celebrity is Brad DeReef, from one of the mm. Oh, the mm. Doctor from mm. Deadwood.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. You
2: know, and Lars, I don't think you've heard our show before, but I guess Brad Doreev every day, every week.
0: I, I actually did listen to the episode that my uh, cohort, oh, Nick is on. Uh, oh, you know so, I, so I actually knew that you did that bit, looked up a couple of movies that Brad Doreev was in so that I could participate in the conversation.
1: <laughs> That's officially more than I've ever done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just for the record I'm but really not, really not any sure. Any celebrity. <laughs> okay, so any celebrity. <sighs> it's somebody younger than Harry Dean Stanton because nobody is older than Harry Dean Stanton. So that uh <laughs> focuses me slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh. Um it should be somebody with a fascination for the macabre, maybe? Snakes and mm-hmm. lizards.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um so now I'm getting messed up because I, I can't get the scene from uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, where Nicolas Cage is freaking out about a lizard out of my head. <laughs> um, so I'm being drawn inexorably towards picking Nicolas Cage, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. he's he's way too classic a guy. He would name his he would name his lizard Elvis. He wouldn't name it Harry instead. I, I so
1: he'd he he be have, yeah something named
0: Elvis. Uh, Gosh. So it's
2: that's, that's a good
0: Another, guess. I would like that. You, you just want to keep this game going, and I want to spend the next half hour just naming weird celebrities. <laughs> I'm going to go with, um, I think, oh man, I'm going to guess Rachel McAdams. Wow, I, that, out that of is nowhere.
2: Like, yeah,
0: that was such a left turn there. Such I, I a left this, turn. I, I think that she has that kind of thing going on, though.
1: Yeah, sort of uh, under the radar. Well, you actually should have gone a little more obvious. You were on the right path, and in fact, ah, I nice. feel as though if you kept on the right path and made the turn that you had, you would have ended up at Angelina Jolie, which would have been the correct answer. Uh, oh yeah, right, right, right. Mm,
0: sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: But it was. I I liked. I liked the thought processes we saw at, uh, play there. I thought that that was some solid logic, and uh, and really bizarre ending with uh, Richard McAdams, but still. Thank you very much for playing. Uh, you've made it to one game with one point. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, so now we uh, are going to move on to talking about you again.
2: Oh, uh, And yeah, I, I think,
1: as, uh, as Wayne mentioned, you have a full-time job that is not necessarily within the music industry. But I was kind of interested in, I mean, you seem like you are very uh, disciplined in doing music. You get up at what time every day and start? Uh, I get
0: up. I get up around five forty-five every day,
1: just to play music and to get that in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I also have to walk my dog. I would get up at six o'clock, but I have to get up to walk my dog, which takes about half an hour. So I wind up at around a six twenty, six thirty start time every day. And well, then,
1: how long are you putting in doing music every morning?
0: Uh, usually around two and a half hours. Wow. Wow.
1: Do you feel like that makes your day better? Like if you if you don't do it for some reason, if you skip, if you just, you know, you're you're tired, you sleep in or whatever, do you feel like the rest of your day is kind of off?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the reason I started doing it is not because I like love getting up that early in the morning. Like my natural clock is that I'm asleep by like 3 a.m. and up around 11. Like that's if I if I had no other commitments, that's what I would be doing. But mm-hmm. my wife is a teacher, and she has to leave the house at, like, seven-ish. So there was
1: oh, so she just a period of
0: time... What's
1: that? She just hates you. <laughs> You're just kind of getting <laughs> up when you want and doing music, and she's, like, rushing to get ready and get out the door and deal with a bunch of... I'm assuming kids um, as opposed to, like, teaching at a college, but uh, yeah, she's uh, yeah.
0: she's teaching sixth and and eighth grade. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, but I she a, hate you. I would hate you. Go on. <laughs> I walk. I walk the dog for her. I keep her from having to get up. You know, I I chip in. I do my well. Okay, here's here's why she doesn't hate me. Is that uh, there was a period of time after she started that schedule when I was like doing what I would naturally do. So I need to. I could get up at like. Eight fifty and get to work on time if I, if I had to, mm-hmm. so I was staying up to you know w- one in the morning or later working on stuff and uh, getting up when it was a natural time for me, and it's just like that means that there's a because she has to get up so early that means that there's a two and a half hour chunk of time where she's asleep and I'm just like dorking around in, you know in the dark and then there's a period of time in the morning when she's awake and I'm just like a sleeping bum. So, you know, in order for us to be on a schedule that made sense with each other, like I kind of had to push myself to to get stuff done in the morning. And to answer Wayne's question, like yes, absolutely. The, the feeling of working a, a full—I mean, every—I mean, everybody who is trying to do something creative, I think, has the feeling that doing a full day's work and then saying, and now I'm going to do what's important to me. is like, you're going to, you're going to lose that fight a large percentage of the time. And which isn't to say that I win my fight every day. You know, there are plenty of days when instead of working on the thing I need to be working on, I just, you know, practice, you know, scales or whatever for 50 minutes and watch a pro wrestling show like that happened. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, front loading your day with things that are important to you is something that's really difficult and takes discipline, but the alternative that like i feel like i'm always I, with on any other schedule, I would always be feeling like I was behind on the things that I cared about and and inverting that has kind of changed that around for me
1: that's great i mean that's really actually very admirable i I feel like most um most of the things that I hear from people who are juggling creativity uh, with paying bills. Uh, the, a lot of the most successful ones seem to be the ones who get up first thing and do it, which always sounds kind of impossible to me.
0: Well, <laughs> I am I not one of the more successful ones. I just want to get that <laughs> out of the way. Like, what I may have in common with those people is just that I get up early. Like, I would not I would not call myself one of the successful ones.
2: You know, if you let but, a dog run away, you get, like, an extra, like, 30, 45 minutes of uh, guitar playing every day. Just throw it right out there. I'm just trying to maximize well, uh, your You also don't net. have to
1: pick up any shit any anymore, right. you know. I don't know if it's that for not, but uh nice nice way that people matter on your
2: Martin, you know.
0: Just uh, name the dog Snickers
2: now
1: and then he'll just he'll die on his own and then you'll be off the hook. I <laughs> love my
0: and dog. This to that. I could never
2: name my dog Snickers. Lars, Lars is a Lars is, Lars is dog, which is hard to say. Lars is dog. Lars is dog. Is a girl dog, not a he. I met her, and the day I met her, she puked. Aw, poor puppy.
0: Remember that? Yeah, she. That so was a that was a rough day for her. Yeah. What's her name? Right. Her name is Cricket.
1: Cricket? Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's she's very, very cute. cute. I'm sorry that we were plotting to get rid of your dog. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Laura, you and I have something in common, and that is a love of a certain song. And one of the questions we ask guests is, "What is their favorite work of art about their artistic field?" So, like, you sure. know, as a, one of my favorite works of art about writing is Martin Fink. And I want you gave a few answers to this question, but I'd love for you to talk about the Ava one. Do you mm.
0: that? Oh, sure, Super Trooper. Yeah, talk to me about Super Trooper. So I could. I feel like there are a number of Ava songs about music most of which have a, like, deeply ambivalent feeling about music. Like, even the song Thank You for the Music is about, like, like, the, narr- the the lyric of that song is, like, hey, I'm an idiot and nobody likes me. And when I try to tell stories at dinner, people laugh at me and make fun of me. But luckily, I can sing a song and people pay attention to me and now think I'm cool. Like, even yeah. that is, like, loaded with the idea of, like, a passion for music set against like the misery of day-to-day existence, basically. Um, right. But yeah, Super Trooper. Super Trooper is a great song. It's like it's super. Uh, the, the hook is totally killer. Like the 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 synthesizer hook is is like super fun. Um Ooh. The uh, the way it's, like the the groove gets like pushed and pulled through the different choruses is super fun. And yeah, there's there, stuff the energy of the song. It's got tremendous. Absolutely. And then the lyric of the song of like, I'm on tour, being on tour pretty much sucks. And like the experience of performing music is something that has like been reduced to a chore. Uh, But when somebody that you care about, when somebody that you can attach real like meaning and passion to, is in the crowd that, you know, inspires this, uh, this renewal of like passion and like energy and enjoyment in the thing that you're doing. And that's like, uh, I think it's a really beautiful, uh, genuine thing to say about music where it's like music on its own terms is, is like, I guess it's okay. Uh, but if you're if you're not able to attribute some sort of meaning to it or some sort of like personal connection to the uh, to the thing that you're doing, it's you know it's not enough to get you by. Um, right. Yeah. So I I and plus it's like the catchiest, hookiest, funnest thing in the world, you know. Right. Right. Okay. okay. okay.
2: So now I'm going to tell you that we're we've got the last leg of the show. We've done two thirds sure. of the show, feeling good, uh, and uh, I'm going to tell you how the last leg is going to play out. Mm -hmm. Play another game, Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about the Qualia. talk a little bit about uh, your podcast, and then we're going to close out the show. So that's that's the last, somewhere in there I'm going to mention that I finished my third novel. Somewhere, but I'm not sure where. This didn't count. I'm just saying it's going to happen. So this Mm -hmm. game is called Highbrow, Lowbrow. And Mm -hmm. really, I'm very tired, so it really doesn't make any sense today. But um, what we usually do, two highbrow, we pick a team two, two highbrow examples of that theme, two lowbrow examples of that theme, you only have to get three out of four. Okay? The theme sure. I typically didn't really, didn't really lend itself to splitting up highbrow or lowbrow. It's kind of arbitrary. But you should know that the first question in each category is easier than the second one.
0: So, so the, the, the two careful. categories being lowbrow and highbrow.
2: That's right. The theme is things that rhyme with LARs. But, oh, good, good. That's
0: good. This is exactly what but, I studied.
2: But, but, because that's so easy, uh-huh. I, wanted, I wanted to add a time component,
0: like I'd oh, ask great.
2: the question to five seconds, but then I said, no, you have to answer the question while I'm still asking it. You have to interrupt me, or you, if
0: I get to the end of the question before you give an answer, you get it wrong. <laughs> You know, as a person who loves games, like I, I, I'm a big board game fan, I love video games, uh like I have a passion for, for play. I feel like what you've just described is a really well balanced and really design or like well designed game and I'm excited to try my hand at it.
2: Thank you. <laughs> I also thought since you're like a mild mannered, nice, polite person and I'm obnoxious, it would be fun to force you to interrupt me. That's okay. what I thought would be fun. All so right. um but to not make it too hard, I made the question sort of needlessly long. I mean, they're not <laughs> super long. They're so short. But I didn't want to be too hard on you, okay? So the category is things that line with large. You choose whether you go first in highbrow or lowbrow. And to get it right, you not only need the right answer, you have to answer it before I finish asking the question. So you pick highbrow or lowbrow. Let's, let's start low, baby. Okay. okay things that rhyme with lars lowbrow singer-songwriter moby had a hit (laughs) i'm so tired the sentence makes no sense and i can't read it singer-songwriter moby had a hit with this word that rhymes with lars in the title and in his song, he claimed this is that we were all made out of this. Stars. We're all, we are all made out of stars. We are all made oh, nice. out of stars. Very good. Nice. Well done. Stars. Stars. Okay. Stars. We are all made of stars. Very good. Highbrow, lowbrow. Thanks <laughs> wrong <laughs> with Lars. Wait, was that lowbrow or highbrow? That was low, but it's really okay. arbitrary this week. But that was low.
0: Okay. Good. Got it. Okay. So I'm going to have to get three of these four. So eventually I'm going to have to do the more difficult of one of these two categories. Yeah, but it's all kind of bullshit. Really so, I feel like I should do lowbrow again. Okay, yeah, I think so too. I think actually
2: this, even the harder lowbrow is easier than the other ones. Alright, ready?
0: Oh yeah, I'm ready.
2: Candio, Just What I Needed, You Might Think,
0: and the cars.
2: Drive. There you go. Hey. Are nice. A handful of bits from his 80s pop band fronted by singer-songwriter Rick Ocasek. Okay, so you got it. You're two for two. You only have to get one of the next two questions right, and I have to tell you, I think they're a little harder than the first two, but I think he'll do fine.
0: My brother hates the Cars, by the way. I should just maybe, to, to tie up really? on that story. Yeah. But I would, yeah. Think you, I would think you love the Cars. I love them. I love the yeah. Cars.
2: Yeah, it's hard but, uh, not to love
0: them. That that country guitar part in uh, Best Friend's Girl that comes out at the end of the chorus? Oh, Are you kidding me? Take that one straight to the bank. He's like incredibly... Elliot Eastwood, is that his name?
2: I think not Yeah, Elliot Eastwood is the guitarist for the Incredibly underrated. Really picks his moments. Like, really finds his way to, like, just do, like, a killer eight. And really just a great, great, great player. Okay. Uh, we'll go next. Highbrow. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Ready? Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Although this word has many meanings, it's often used conversationally to describe how good your cell phone reception is.
0: Bars. So- how many bars do you have? Nice. Yeah. There you go. You wrong. won. You won. Man, I won.
2: Let's take <laughs> it the last
0: one, which is, which is a little bit forced, but you don't,
2: you've already won, but this is just for extra points.
0: Okay, 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 okay.
2: You can find <laughs> this substance used in paving... You can find these substances used in paving road or sometimes as the residue from the act of smoking cigarettes. Tars? Tars? Yeah, yeah. Tars. Tars. Oh,
0: tars. wow. I've never heard that pluralized before. That's very exciting. Uh,
2: you know, what would you want me to do? I didn't want to go with, like... You know, I could have gone with wars,
0: but that doesn't really rhyme. It's just... You know
2: stars.
0: I did stars. S-C. Um, I feel like I feel like that went really well for me. I feel like
2: I've redeemed yeah, myself. Yeah, you really, you really did well. You won that. You won that. There's only a handful of people who won both games. John LeMahieu like, won both oh. games. He might have been the most true. formidable contestant we ever had. That's uh, true. We'll have
1: to have you know like a celebrity uh, or uh, or high winners version where we like bring the best people back and then make them play against
0: each other. Yeah, lucky Oh, like a like John a tournament of champions.
1: Yes, yeah. the Tournament of Champions. Thank you. Oh. That is exactly what I was not able to come up with.
0: No, no, no. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to correct you. I, I, <laughs> no, I'm I'm just, I wanted you to. I, I, I'm that so was, enthusiastic that was
2: about
1: you. It was out of my reach. Yeah, that's what I would love to do, a Tournament of Champions.
2: Mara and I were, were grooving out to the qualia today. Mm. We were both uh, listening to uh, your music, and uh, um, I'm going to... You know, it's funny because you gave us two examples, and I listened to both, and they're very dissimilar from each other. Oh, uh, what I did know. I send you? Sent me. I don't even um, remember. You sent me. Uh, you sent me a song, uh, uh, "Can't Help Falling in Love with You," which I thought was. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep, you yep, wrote it. song. I wrote yeah, that one. Uh, <laughs> and also something called "Stairway to Heaven," which was like unrecognizable compared <laughs> to the French. No. Um, you wrote, well. You didn't you know what? Damn it, I have to click
0: No, I, I I'm, I'm looking it up. I don't remember I the know. name of the it it guess, guess I, I
2: Like. Yes, I lied. yes, 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 yeah. And you sent us uh uh that that and that baby? baby. And those yes. two songs have really nothing to do with each other. So I'm gonna name for you hmm. an influence that I, I an influence I hear on Guess oh. I Like. And okay. you can, this is I'm sort sure of making everything a game now since it's been so fun. I, I love gonna games. Listen, I'm going to name an influence, and you'll tell me whether or not in response you think I'm an idiot or a mm. fucking idiot. Okay. okay. I know, because no one ever really likes to hear someone else's opinion on what an influence is. It's always annoying. Sure. But those are your choices, idiot or fucking idiot. Okay. I listened okay. Yes, I Lied, yeah. and I said, what? I can hear a little oingo boingo
0: in here. Um, I think that's interesting. I don't think you're an idiot. I've never really listened to Blingo Blingo, but uh, I, I'll take it. I will totally yeah, I, take it. I, I think if you
2: listen to a little Blingo Blingo, you know Danny Elfman's old band. You'll, you'll sure. say, I, I, I think Gladstone's only an idiot, not a fucking idiot. And then uh, this one's you're gonna call me a fucking idiot, bro. You ready? Okay. Yeah. And that's the, the other one, and this was a less of an influence. This is kind of a superficial.
1: Wayne, are you going to say your college band? I just feel yeah, like that's coming, and I want to. No, no,
2: no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, 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 all a, I thought there was just a little bit of an Elliott Smith vibe on the second song. Sure.
0: But that was yeah, a, yeah,
2: yeah. More superficial way.
0: Yeah, uh, it's like a quiet, sort of contemplative, with little background. chorus vocal and quiet vocal. Yeah, sure.
2: Very nice. So, how um um what for people who want you know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna tweet out the the uh guess i lied song right now but Sure. give people a little taste of it a little taste of the qualia but for sure. people who want to get more of the qualia yeah which what, what should
0: they do uh if they go to the qualia t a g q u uh-huh. a l i a dot bandcamp. dot com the the uh the two records in the e p that i've put out so far are up there uh, eventually, I'll get around to figuring out how to release this other record that I did, um, and that'll be there too. But uh, I think Bandcamp is a not a bad place to start. If people don't want right. to, you know, for some reason, listen to music for free, they could go onto <laughs> iTunes and search for the Qualia, T H uh, E space Q U A L I A. There. Uh, All right. Um, yeah, those are probably the best spots. Can I ask it's, a
1: completely like not related to music question, but what where did the name come from, the quality? Yeah. Um, it's
0: like a it's not a I don't it's not a great band name because it's a thing that like people say it and then they're like, did I pronounce that correctly? And then they don't know what it, it's not a great band name. Uh but it's like the then. uh it's it's like a intro phil uh philosophy like philosophy one oh one idea of like when you see something, like, for instance, when you see the color red, you have an experience that you are able to recognize as the color red, but you have no way of really explaining uh, or describing the actual characteristics of that experience beyond giving sort of, um, like, comparative language, like, oh, red's a hot color, or red is the color of blood, or whatever. Right. Um, So so basically, qualia are the experiences that you have in your own head that are kind of impossible to communicate, impossible to confirm, and impossible to transfer to other people. So, So the reason that I chose it as the band name is that, like, I knew that this is something that I wanted to do forever, and I knew that I would have a lot of stylistic jumps across the course of this project. So I wanted to come up with something that was broad enough to to kind of capture all of the things that I would want to do in it and, uh, you know, and sort of smarty pants, uh, you know, whatever, clever or something.
1: Right. That's very cool. That's really interesting. That's, that's a very unique name. I like it. How did, how yeah, did do, the, um sorry? Go ahead. No,
2: go ahead. sorry I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. How, how did the band come together? Like who are the people that you're playing with?
0: Um it started off just as uh sort of my solo project. Like I started doing a lot of electronic music when I was in high school. Um and gradually I've been kind of just grabbing people and incorporating them into the into the band. The band right now mm-hmm. is me my uh like a, a keyboard slash synthesizer uh player, mm-hmm. uh my friend Chad and uh a a drummer who's my friend Rawson and uh we've been playing together for about seven or eight years. Okay. Um yeah, it's 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 been it's like the anytime there's a story about how did the thing come together, I don't have a great answer to it because I'm not friends with a ton of musicians. I find like a lot of musicians are, um, will like, like they're full of shit, you know, like they'll, they'll manipulate you. They'll say things that don't make sense. They'll like dodge questions. They'll, you know, whatever. It's like more about a, a pose than about actually connecting with you and communicating with you. Mm -hmm. So the the band came together basically just from like getting onto message boards on the internet and finding people on MySpace when that was a thing and Craigslist and stuff like that. So it's like the actual origin story is I found these people through just reaching out into the internet and, uh, you know, we've been playing for such a long time that that feels like a strange way to characterize
2: the, the, right, of the thing, thing because we're right.
0: such good friends now.
2: Right. You refer to them as your friends, which uh um, I've I've uh, it's just always better. It's just always better to play with uh friends even if they're even if they're inferior players. You know, I was in two bands in college and, and one probably had stronger musicianship than the other one, but the other one was such a more nurturing and fun place that Although the, the chops weren't down, it was definitely the better band. Just because we're yeah. friends.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a yeah. really important thing. Like it's it's especially if if you're like going to be playing as a real band and you're going to be actually collaborating and working together on ideas. If you can't trust and like somebody, it's a it's a real uphill battle. It's like it kind of sucks. Yeah.
2: No. It's harsh segue from that. Tell us about working with a complete asshole like Nick Amadeus and oh, that <laughs> guy? Are you kidding me? Yeah.
0: Oh my god. What
2: a dick.
0: What a dick.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, not a genuine but, bone in that guy's body, you know? Everything
2: everything's, not everything's an angle for that guy. No, you're like you're sitting there, you're trying to eat your soup. Watching Punky <laughs> Brewster. And this guy, I don't know what he's he's like dipping bread in the soup or making jokes about Punky Brewster. It's it was a fucking nightmare. It it's was ridiculous. It was it's just crazy. Bananas. So, uh, Hal, I'll tell us about... Uh, I, I did the uh, Breakfast Quest podcast, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, since I only listen to podcasts that I've been on, it might be the best podcast I've ever heard, but not the best, the best I've,
1: only,
2: I've only heard about six, you know. So <laughs> when, can, when can the folks
0: at home catch that? Well, there are a ton of episodes already on iTunes. Uh, right. Just to let people know, the the concept of Breakfast Quest is that Nick and I, uh, who are friends, who uh, like Nick and I have have been friends for you know five years or so, and we've always loved talking about movies with each other and talking about you know music, TV, just whatever. Like we're we we enjoy talking to each other for long enough that we eventually decided that we wanted to do this project together, which is this podcast, where each podcast we um, we watch a strange episode of some kids show, uh, like children's TV, from from some just randomly chosen from the hundreds and hundreds of insane children's television shows that have existed over the uh, you know course of history since TV started in the '50s. And uh, we bring on a guest. We watch the show with a guest, and then we have a conversation. It's like similar to the sort of like chat review kinds of podcasts like uh gilmore guys or the flop house or other sorts of like literally dig in deep into a thing sorts of podcasts except Mm -hmm. that the things that we dig into are things that nobody cares about and uh nobody has any connection to which has made garnering a listenership an uphill battle and one that i'm pleased to report that we are still uh engaged in uh to this day but um (laughs) Yeah, it's... uh, Sorry, what was your question, Wayne? (laughs) I just wanted you to tell us about your podcast and (laughs) if
2: possible, if possible, relate it back to uh, both your brother's intense hatred of Australians Mm -hmm. and B, my completion of a third book of my Internet Apocalypse trilogy last night.
0: Okay. uh,
2: The unification theory, basically.
0: So, when I first met Wayne, (laughs) (laughs) all I knew is that he was working... On a book, a third book in the series. Um, and that, uh, I'm out of gas on that one right now, actually. Um, I think you've yeah. gone above and beyond,
2: but it's time for the final game of the show. The final game, which we call Knowledge Roundup. Okay. It's a game you can't really lose, um, mm-hmm. it's where you think back to everything that happened in the last hour. And you share with us and the folks at home something you learned in the last hour. And I usually drag out the introduction because Mara has to go first and she needs time to figure out what she's going to say. So Mara, what did well, you learn?
1: What I learned is that despite what I have been telling myself uh, for the majority of my adult life, it is actually possible to force yourself to get up in the morning before you have to go to work and do something creative with your time. Uh I had I had written that off entirely as just sort of uh science fiction, but um now I have to live with the truth that uh no, I'm just choosing not to do it. Uh and uh Lars is better than I am. So that's oh, definitely yeah. definitely
2: yeah.
1: what I learned. Yeah. 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 So when how about you, Wayne? What what did you learn tonight?
2: I learned that Lars's brother fucking hates Australians. Mm. Uh, no, I learned what the quality means. I didn't. I didn't know that. I I really thought it was a merely like. I just thought you picked nice sounds because it does sound nice. It does feel good in the mouth. It's nice to say, and your mouth feels good after you say it. So I Gosh. didn't. It didn't even occur to me it was a real word that had meaning.
0: I feel so like I that's love... how I should describe what that word means from now on. I should say, it feels <laughs> good to say it. When you're done saying it, your mouth feels good. And then
2: just
0: <laughs> leave the yeah, room.
2: It's the qualia. It's the qualia. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the last sound an Australian
1: makes before legends. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense, yeah. And that actually sounds very, like... an. Crikey.
2: I'll cry for help. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what did you learn, Lars? Other than um, I'm on the show twice. I learned
0: that on March 1st, 2016, <laughs> Wayne Gladstone completed the writing of Reports on the Internet Apocalypse, Woo! available fall 2016. November. November. Now I learned another thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can't stop learning.
2: <laughs> you
0: know, learning. See what it's about
2: a subject you care about, and so you know. Right. Thank you, thank you for indulging me and for coming onto our show and sharing your knowledge of early mid '80s music and uh, and the Qualia and the Breakfast Quest podcast and how to multitask and live an artistic life while paying bills.
0: Mm. Well, it's been a pleasure to be on the podcast. I really appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on and getting a chance to talk to both of you.
1: We were very happy to have you. We're glad you said yes coming on our show. And, um, and for everyone listening, please go check out the qualia, their music. And uh, if you're listening to one other podcast other than this one, definitely make it the Breakfast Quest. And thank you, everyone, for listening to us tonight on Sticks and Stones. And you will hear from us again next week. Have a good night.
0: 18 plus.